0: Hello, I'm Badis, and welcome to the Implement podcast. This is a podcast where we have great conversations about marketing, growing brands, and what it takes to be a great marketer. If you're interested in keeping up with the podcast episodes and the amazing content we produce at Implement, you should definitely subscribe to our newsletter. Just go to join-implement.com to subscribe. Alright, enough self-promo, let's dive into this new episode, and thanks again for tuning in. Today, I have the pleasure to um, to have a new guest who is uh, Vivian Conway. Uh, Vivian is a uh, co founder at Astagram uh, and she's an expert in Instagram growth and engagement. Uh, so, Viv, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to speak to me today. And, uh, uh, you know, maybe you could uh, introduce yourself to our audience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I suppose, um, you know, it's always good to start off with what gives me the right to talk about Instagram. And I suppose for me, it started in 2014 where I had a sportswear brand I was at uni or college um, for those listening from the states and we well I was I had the sportswear brand I needed to know how to market it Um, and being a millennial I figured Instagram and Facebook was a great place to start Um, and that worked well for me I I loved Instagram was really visual at the time it didn't cost me anything except for my time Um, so I used that sportswear brand as like bit of a guinea pig to Um, figure out how to market, how I was going to drive people to my website, how I was going to make sales and how to convert them. So um, I sold that business last year, but uh, probably in 2016, um, started taking on marketing clients and in 2017 went full time into showing people and managing accounts of people in terms of how they could get similar results that I was getting um, or better in a lot of cases um, using Instagram as a marketing tool. So it's all kind of come from there and um, I think the learning by doing is a really big part of what I'm about so uh, it means that I can empathize with business owners with different challenges and stuff they might be having especially in that e-commerce space
0: yeah I think that's uh, that's really a, a great strategy because um, there they, they aren't so many like experts in on Instagram specifically like uh, I know there are like a lot of social media experts out there but people who specialize on Instagram. Um, I've done some research and this is how I actually met you and, and reached out to you. Uh, and yeah, there aren't that many that, uh, that look serious. And, uh, and so for anyone listening and you think you should really check them out. And uh, so it's Instagram and uh, yeah, it's uh, I think it's a great strategy because it's uh, it's still a platform that has a lot of uh, legitimacy and are, you know, people are uh, obviously uh, still on it. And there's, uh, there's a, uh, you know uh, a lot of uh marketing to be done there and uh i think it's uh yeah it's a it's a, it's a big area of um of stuff to learn because for me for example i'm not an instagram marketer and honestly like i wouldn't have started instagram if it wasn't for lucy uh, my wife who is a bit more uh into it uh and uh, yeah it's a, I think it's a you know it's a great strategy you have there
1: yeah i think as well and i suppose that's The you know it's true with any kind of marketing niching down and knowing your niche is really important and although you know like now at the agency that i run we offer facebook ads and facebook marketing because i think it's now just Um, I personally think you're leaving money on the table if you don't have a paid strategy. Um, But aside from that, I think in terms of marketing, um, if you can really nail that niche and dial in on what your customer wants, and if you can, like you say, just say, um, you know, I'm really Instagram specialist based, which I am, it's my focus. it it makes people trust you more. They know that you're the expert in that one area uh, and it's worked really well for us. So I'd totally recommend that if anyone was in the space, um, whether it is as a marketer or uh, just from a business point of view, make sure that you do uh, niche down and don't just try and target everyone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So one of the reasons I, I was really excited to talk to you is obviously to learn more about Instagram, but also because I think it would be really great to have um sort of a, a 2021 playbook uh, for you know business owners out there marketing directors um, it's something that i've uh, I've seen as a, as a sort of need for a lot of people our, in our community uh, and uh, yeah I, I'd love to like uh, build this together and see how we can uh, you know what would this playbook look like like what are the sort of uh, uh, the, the the trends the the things that you should do in 2021. Um, yeah, just the uh, and I'm talking like really uh, uh, both on a strategic and operational level. But uh, yeah, what, what's the what's the playbook for this year?
1: That's a very good question. I think I probably touched on it just uh, before when it was 2014 and I was starting out on Instagram. You could totally get away with just having an organic strategy. You know, like just going out there, engaging, um, getting in front of people. They didn't even have ads on the platform yet, so it was super new. Um, and and that worked, right? And it worked awesome. But as more people get on the platform, more people start using the platform, more people bidding for ads, it's just gonna get harder and harder and harder to get the same levels of engagement. So in my opinion and in my experience, it's so important to have a paid ad strategy that complements your organic strategy. So making sure you've got all the content that appeals to your target audience, but also while we're putting all this effort into creating this value-based content, we also need to make sure that people are seeing it right. So even though we will get some reach through, you know, organically just posting and storying and that's great. Um, you might be using some influencers, they might be shouting out your product or your service, but making sure you have your own paid ad strategy and whether that is um, going to your page, whether you're trying to drive leads from that, try to drive website traffic, what are you doing so that, you know, you're building as many touch points as possible with your target audience. So I think for this year, um, on Instagram, making sure that you're not leaving money on the table by not using ads, and then additionally, how can you provide the value? So even if you know, I think that anyone can kind of set up um, maybe an ads funnel. Like we can all we can all figure out that cool that ads performing really well. I'm going to put some more money behind it. But how can we provide value so people are interested in the content in the first place, and so they'll click on it. It'll make things cheaper. We'll get in front of more people, and so on. So if there were just two things, it would be Number one, paid ads, and number two, value-based
0: content. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I, I definitely see why you're saying that because uh, we were just discussing it before, and uh, the the organic reach like is uh, starting to really suck. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't have another word for it. Uh, <laughs> and so, I mean, it's the it's the old Facebook strategy. They did the same thing with the Facebook platform, and uh, so now you need to pay basically to get impressions. Um, Talking about ads, like, uh, do you have any recommendations, any uh, sort of funnels that you'd recommend people to, you know, to establish any tactics you'd recommend people to to do for ads?
1: Yeah, totally. So I think the... You know, initially if we think about all our marketing as a funnel approach and we think about um, the more people we can get at the top of the funnel in terms of like, you know, just having a look around, maybe we serve them a few ads to actually clicking through our website would be the next stage um, to then at the very bottom having your conversion optimized ads. Um, I would say start out with something at the top like reach or video views and then because they're cheap um, and then if in any type of, all those audiences mean that you can then, anyone who's like engaged with your content, so anyone who's liked it, watch part of the video and so on, then target that audience and optimize that next set of, you know, that next campaign for web traffic. Um, and then with the people that have been clicked through the web traffic, target that audience and Optimize for conversions. So you kind of just see how you're just pulling people through the process, and instead of um, well, what a lot of people might do initially is they start a Facebook ad. Well, first of all, they might just be promoting or boosting, um, and we all know that that really is just optimizing for engagement. So if you want to make sales, that's great for top of funnel. But what are you going to do after that to actually pull them down the funnel? And number two, someone will set up a Facebook ad with relatively low, you know low experience and go in there to set something up and go, yeah, I want to make some sales. Like I want to do that. That'd be great. But all you're doing is trying to target people who've never seen your brand anymore. They have no um, brand trust or they don't know, they don't know what you want. Maybe unless unless you've got perhaps like a really low cost product that's really popular already and it's being sold offline, um, you might get okay results there. But to be honest, even if you do, you could probably get better results if you took people through a funnel process. So just thinking about if, yeah, those would probably be the three um, easy ways to pull people down. And then you can get a little bit more complicated, right? In that conversion stage, you could go, um, you know, have they done an add to cart? And then anyone that's done an add to cart pull that audience out and do it to conversion. Like there's a little things that you can do like that. Um, but that's how we would pull people down that funnel.
0: Interesting. Um, so you would recommend uh, just to make sure like I, I got it right and I, I understand. Um, so top of funnel, you'd recommend like uh, video ads uh, because they're cheaper. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Um, then you target uh, for engagement and web and web traffic uh for web traffic sorry uh the people who watch the the videos and the the ads uh, the video ads Uh, and then you'd set up sort of uh retargeting and conversion campaigns uh for people visiting the website that's the the funnel you're recommending
1: yeah that and that's that's a pretty basic standard thing and then like i say you know like anyone can kind of set that up and that's all well and good but then what does it look like? Like, how are you gonna, <clears throat> how are you gonna get someone to engage with your content at the very top of the funnel? If you've got like a really average photo that doesn't actually resonate, or your video isn't that great, or it just it doesn't reflect the the brand or the messaging that you're trying to put across, then you'll never get as many people in the top of the funnel as you need. So, yes, anyone can set the ads up, and that's all well and good, but also we need to think about um that it content fits in and so that's where also instagram can play a really big part because you might have your influences and you might have um you know your content your stories that you're posting all the time so you're actually like building that audience of people that are engaging with your brand the more people that engage at the top the more people you get at the bottom
0: yeah absolutely no i think it's a it's a brilliant strategy and uh, uh have you like seen uh, like what kind of airwise have you seen with your clients and uh can you tell us, maybe walk us through, by you know, with an example of a client or two, like sort uh, of the result they're getting?
1: Interestingly enough, and and I know um, I had a conversation with someone about this today. We the ROI is just, I mean, the, my favorite saying we joke is that it depends. So it just it does it does it just depends. You really don't know what is going to happen. You know, the other day um, the girl in my team. Who said, "Oh my gosh, we just we're getting a $48 ROI for one of these clients." But then there's other clients where we might be driving like thousands of clicks through their website, and we're like, "These ads are working." Why? So if we're driving thousands of people through this website, why are people not converting, right? Because that means the ads working. But to us, that then says that something else isn't working. So that's when you have to look at the pricing, the product, the target, or like. Like in terms of the product, in terms of how it appeals to the target audience, is there something wrong um, with the messaging? Because if you, you know, if people are interested and they're connected, then there's obviously something falling off the back there. So even though we talk about, you know, Instagram and social media as being its own little thing, you do have to think about the bigger picture because, um, and we do we do see that sometimes. You know, you might have a website that takes too long to load, or um, your sign up form might ask for too many things, or um, we might be getting leads, and the person that's trying to sell the leads at the end or sell the product isn't doing the sales properly. So there's so many things that come into it. Um, the ads is the ads part, and the you know Instagram part is just the very start, I suppose.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I definitely. Uh, like understand that that, uh, the fact that it's uh, sometimes it just depends on uh, on much bigger things than just the platform and uh, uh, absolutely I'm just um, I'm just wondering if you had like sort of uh, you know numbers you could share or an example but uh, I understand that it's it really depends from client to client but uh, yeah I I definitely see how um, how difficult it can be to set it up because uh, there's so much like things uh You need to test out so many so much things that can change from a client to client so by the way like how do you sort of uh, adapt because uh, you know i've I've done some acquisition consulting before and what's really difficult is that you invest a lot of time with the client uh, at the beginning because there's a lot of things to set up there's a lot of uh, knowledge to get from on the in the the industry on the market etc and then uh, you have absolutely no guarantee that your work is going to get to something because Uh, you know they're expecting like leads or sales but at the end of the day it can take six months to get there so how do you kind of you know do that with them
1: yeah and i know i think every agency owner or anyone who's run ads for someone else or themselves knows that it it I know right it takes time and sometimes it can be really hard to manage those customer expectations to help them understand that it will take a while and it doesn't you know that funnel process doesn't happen overnight and actually people may need like 20 touch points before they even do click on the website or do buy the thing um, that you want and even then they might just get distracted on their phone and click on something else so there's so much that plays into it and I think for us um, the work that you're talking about. um, For us, that means like a competitor analysis, like doing an ads review, coming up with a copy strategy and figuring out what what we think the ads should look like and their targeting based on other research that we've done. That all comes after we um, sign a contract. So we will initially have a session with a potential client. We'll ask them a lot of questions. Um, They will then put together a proposal and say, look, these are the things that we wanna do. And then following that, we take them through an onboarding process. And part of that process um, we find New to now this is where your ads are, this is how they're performing or um, this, is, this is what your competitors are doing. Based on this information, we think that there's an opportunity here and so on. Um, it's at that point that we then, you know, figure out what we're actually going to do and execute it. But by taking them along the journey, they realize that actually it's not an overnight thing. And then as we as we move on and it, and it works, if like, for example, that, um, that situation where we had and the ads are working well, but there's something obviously not right. One thing that we can do there and say, hey, look, we actually suggest that you need to do X, Y, Z, or we're gonna put you in touch with someone that needs to do, or needs to help you with your website. Cause this just like, isn't gonna cut it. It's clearly not working. Um, and we're happy to just pause what we're doing until you've kind of sorted that out. So I suppose it's just comes down to really um, open two-way communication between the client um, and ourselves because you're right it doesn't and it doesn't work for everyone and sometimes when um, a client might come to you and they might be quite stressed out at the time um, it yeah it just yeah we may not even take someone on if if yeah. we don't think there's an opportunity there for them um, you know or we don't we don't think we can help them as fast as they want to be helped um, no. because you also have to as much as we value conversions and so on you do have to measure impressions and brand awareness is really positive things for your business too
0: yeah absolutely no i think the key is managing expectations and uh and really taking your time in general i mean whether you're working with an agency or uh keeping uh keeping in house it's uh uh, taking the time because at the end of the day like even if it takes like a few months to set up and to have everything uh running and start getting results well it's, it's still worth it as you said because uh uh, if there's an roi there it's, it's something that you should uh, you shouldn't leave on the table as you said um i, w- I want to just talk about um sort of the the content aspect of things because you know i know like the organic reach is starting to really uh sort of uh yeah just uh slow down there and uh you know what are the things that you know someone should really start doing and um I mean, talking about organic content and content for on, on their Instagram page.
1: Yeah, sure. I think I think for starters, like a lot of, the, one of the questions we often get asked is how often shall I post? And the answer to that question is how often can you provide high quality, valuable content to your target audience that they're gonna be interested in? So I think if you can start there um, and then followed by that, what is my target audience interested in? How can I keep them engaged? Uh, you know, without using it as a one-way channel to broadcast that everything's for sale and so on. You know, you're actually wanting to be there to provide value. And in addition to that, what resource do you have? Because not everyone has a $100,000 budget to go and hire the best production team to make like an outstanding ad for them that's going to be on every different, you know, news channel and social media platform. So how can you, you know, provide that valuable content at a good frequency, but also how are you going to how are you going to make it so do you need to borrow models one thing that you know for me i call myself quite creatively challenged right so i'll use you know instagram is a good example of um content so i am i'm no photographer um and when i started my business i obviously didn't have a budget for photographers or models or anything like that and so what i would do is i would use use friends as i built as i built my following um people would be happy to um you know, just be in the photos so that you get shout outs. Sometimes I will send stuff to people that don't have big followings, but do take good photos and offer them product and exchange for photos. So I don't even care about if they post. Um, and in addition to that, just figuring out what other people are doing, what looks cool, creating mood boards. So I know I'm always on brand, um, you know, I'm always consistent with my content. So there's a lot of different, yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways to ensure that you are providing value and the content is great and it doesn't have to be costly. I think that's what I'm getting at. Um, We actually started a Facebook group, which um, at the moment is really New Zealand based, but it's called um, Snap My Snaps. And so it's a few Aussie people in there too. And it's essentially a place where creators and businesses can connect. So if you're a business and say you have, um, you sell, great sunglasses then you can say hey guys look I have you know I've got 10 pairs of sunnies to give away to anyone who can take me like five to ten photos of you know sunglasses at the beach maybe with your friends or just wearing them around town um, and then that way businesses are able to get content in exchange for product and creators that don't have big social followings but do have like hobbyist camera that they have, um, they get free product of the things that they love. So that's been quite cool as well. So if anyone's um, listening, definitely join the group because that'll um, you know be building out soon, which has been quite cool to see.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it sounds awesome. This group, like uh, I'll, I'll post the I'll post the link uh, to the to the episode uh, with the episode. I mean, it's a uh, it's it's a great idea, and uh, you I think you touched on something that uh, I think is really important is uh, is collaboration. Uh, when you're like uh, managing your account is that you need to work with other people. Uh, first of all, because it's a great leverage, I think, for uh, getting uh, your, your message out there and getting your, your, uh, your account out there, but also for the content that you can create that is uh, really uh, unique and it only happens if you're, you know, collaborating with, uh, with people who have knowledge, who have expertise you don't have. Uh, and yeah, I think it's, uh, that's uh, some great advice. Um, And you you talked about uh, sort of, uh, uh, you know, not being like too sales oriented on your on your uh, on your page, like, uh, what would you recommend for, you know, uh, sort of uh, managing those like sort of more salesy campaigns and things like that? Do you think it should be only uh, like maybe ads and uh, and or do you think you should post on your account as well if you have a sale or if you have. What would be a recommendation for for the, this type of message?
1: Yeah, and I totally get what you mean. I think uh, I might have been Gary V. I think who put it best, and he said, "Jab, jab, jab, right hook." I think it's actually a book, isn't it, or is it a system? Yeah, um, and you know the reasoning behind that is that it's sort of like value 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 call to action so you'll see some accounts that do really well and they might just be posting funny things or they might be posting memes whether that fits you know whether that fits within your brand guidelines or not you might be posting um, something to do with the community you might be posting something that's really aesthetically pleasing and you're not necessarily each post going buy me buy me buy me buy me buy me unless perhaps you are a, you know, it's like some massive like clothing chains or whatever, people are just going on their page to buy stuff. So in, you know, using them as a catalog. So what is the value that you're bringing to the table? Um, And even, you know, even the big brands that, you know, people will just be shopping on, their content is still really awesome and they still make the clothing look really epic. Um, And so that's why that works for them. So I would say um, always try to keep your audience engaged. one of the best story like tools that we have for this is Instagram Stories, right? Because it, we get like instant feedback from our customers. We can ask them questions. If something works, we can do it again. If something doesn't work, you know, like no one no one watches it or no one responds, then we don't have to do it again. It's not a big deal. It's just such a testing ground that allows us to um, connect straight away. And I'm not sure about you, but I personally have noticed that views and um, where you know, engagement on posts has kind of gone down, but engagement on stories has either um, sort of stayed the same or gone up in some cases. Like engagement on stories is still quite good. And I know for me as a user, I watch stories a lot more than I scroll my feed. Would you say the same for you or what's your behavior like on Instagram?
0: Um, I'm, I'm definitely not a heavy Instagram user. So I, uh, but I'll ask Lucy definitely and I'll see what she, what she says about this.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah it would be well, it would be interesting to hear because i think that you know people are kind of changing the way that they they do things i think the platform you know and people are um they like raw content so i had a friend today who's got like a cookie business right and she's always you know doing things and posting things and today she did like a faq series so she did got people to message in questions and she just answered heaps of questions about the product on her stories. And while I kind of just tapped through them and I kind of listened to the odd one, um, at the end of the day, like I haven't seen one of her feed posts today, but I've seen like 10 of her stories. And even though I might not have like listened or actually turned in, it's still that like, brand recognition and you're just seeing that brand pop up again which i think is really powerful and i think a lot of people forget that it can just be so easy to get those stories out
0: yeah yeah absolutely um interesting because i I wanted to talk to you about another format which is which are reels uh and uh you know it's uh it's probably one of the only thing that uh Uh, from what I discussed with Lucy uh, before preparing this interview, it's the only thing that kind of works in terms of organic reach um, and still works. Like, do you have any recommendation on how to approach this format, Uh, how to produce the content, Uh, what kind of content works better than others? Like, you know, what would you recommend?
1: Yeah, and that's actually a very good point. I've spoken for the last few months and she's grown like thousands of followers, which is pretty unheard of at the moment. Um, One thing that we are seeing is that if you are... Um, not editing using the Instagram app, so maybe you're pulling a reel straight from TikTok, or um, you're just you've already made a video and you're just uploading it to Reels. Um, it seems that they're de-ranking that kind of content. So at least if you are going to put something on there, make sure you're you know doing something to edit it within the Instagram app, so that it thinks it's like native to the platform. Um, and that probably does have to do with people just reposting from TikTok. Like I assume Instagram maybe wants their own. Um, their own content happening on the platform I'm not too sure about that but that's definitely one to note Um, and in terms of the reels the cool thing is that Again, it doesn't have to be like super produced. I think once you play around in there a little bit, you actually figure out that it's not too hard. And, you know, if you just take a lot of little snaps, you can do it on your camera roll. If you're in the middle of something, maybe you're behind the scenes photo shoot. Like um, one brand that I was looking at for anyone with a product, this might be quite cool. The brand is called Beauty Fridge. And I was watching um, the content on there and they've been doing a really good job of reels. And they've been using that real content as ads. And I've just found it fascinating because they find the content so engaging, but the content itself isn't that like, there's nothing really special about it. And so the beauty fridge, right, is this little desktop kind of fridge and you put your skincare products in it and so on. Um, You know, and you can imagine in the past where you might've done like a stop motion of like, you know, opening the fridge and all the products coming out. And you think about watching that now and it's probably not that exciting. Like it's not something that would be very thumb stopping. But the way that they did it was they've literally just like filmed, Opening the fridge, they might have filled like um, the back of it or the instructions and just hover it around so it's really like fast moving content, but then they've done a voiceover as well. So while they have, um, you know, they'll be zooming in and then like opening the fridge and then pulling a product out, it'll be like, this is my beauty fridge. It sits up on top of my counter. It gets down to this temperature and all of a sudden it's just so engaging. So that type of content is just quite addictive, right? And it just hooks you in um, and makes you keep watching. So I would highly recommend looking up beauty fridge or the beauty fridge um, and just have a look at some of the reels that they've been doing because they've been really effective in my opinion.
0: That's uh, great info. Like, uh, and I, I think it's uh, important that, uh, as you said, like the that there's a lot of rhythm in the in the reel. And uh, uh, I mean, from from what I have seen, that it actually works. And uh, it needs to be it needs to get that uh, you need to have that uh, movement in the image and uh, in the voice and in what you're seeing. That uh, um, otherwise, like like I think the attention span on reels. <laughs> is like super short like people don't have like two seconds to wait so it needs to you need to give the goods like really fast um so yeah that's uh, some great advice i uh, you know i i think it's um talking about reels i there's another thing that i, I wanted to to talk about uh, with you are which are giveaways uh, which is something that uh, i've seen a lot in like uh, posts and uh, uh, you know and still one of the I think main ways people are growing accounts uh, so far. Uh, Do you have any recommendations on giveaways? Like what would be your your strategy there?
1: Yeah, I think giveaways are really interesting, right? Because they used to just be like a surefire way to grow your account. Um, And now they, I mean, they aren't as good, but they're definitely still a happening thing. Um, we kind of talk about it and I like to use the acronym, the ACE method. So um, if we can first think about how we're going to attract our target audience, it has to be not only appealing to them, like in terms of they want to win the thing, um, but number two, you have to make it look visually appealing. So if you look at any account like um, Tidal here, you look at Lux Fitness um, or Good For Me products, like they all do these giveaways or even Bambi Boutique, they do these giveaways that are just like they look massive, right? So they're targeting like young females. Um, you take like Tidal hair, for example, targeting young females. It's like a hair product, like a mermaid waver. Um, and even though they sell like, you know, hair products, they will give away like makeup. They might give away concert tickets, um, something that their target, or they know their target audience will be interested in. And then say when they do have all the makeup and they have all the things, um, you know, the, the fake eyelashes and the brushes and all the rest of it, they'll put it on like, different tiers, they might put it on some stairs or um, you know, up on a couch so there's like, there's products at the top and products down the bottom and they'll all be opened up instead of just being like flat. Um, so it looks like all of a sudden, oh my gosh, not only am I the target audience, but I want that, that looks amazing, it looks so big. Um, and then if you see in terms of collaborate, so um, in the case of like title here, they did that, oh, who's that girl from, um, is it La was it heartbreak island or something like that love island i don't know some reality tv show basically collaborating with someone who has a bigger audience than you maybe it's an influencer maybe you pay them again not only um have you you know the target audience that you want that's like that's epic right because you might have to pay them but the followers and stuff that you're going to get from that um is going to be epic and then thirdly e ease of entry so how can you make this as easy as possible for people to enter? You know, there's nothing, um, you know, never underestimate how lazy humans can be. So, humans don't want to have to like get off their phone and go and take a selfie. Um, you know, maybe if they were, gonna, maybe if you were going to win like a house, um, which sounds ridiculous, but it's true. Like, if all they have to do is tag a friend or drop an emoji in the comments and then uh, maybe share it to their story and they can choose one of the three, you're gonna get way more buy-in and way more entries. And if more people are dropping emojis in the comments or more people are tagging their friends, that means it's gonna get, you know, it's gonna get seen by more and more people. Um, So you're better off to just say, you know, one thing we might say is like, one comment equals one entry, share the story equals five entries, enter as many times as you like. Um, And so, you know, if we look at that as a whole, A, attract your target audience, make it look big, give away something they want, C, collaborate, you know, is there another business or an influencer that shares your target audience that's gonna benefit you? Maybe you put more into the prize um, so that it's kind of a legal playing field or um, maybe you pay the influencer and then E, ease of entry, make it as easy as possible. You want that giveaway in as many places as possible. Um, you can also put a little bit of ad spend behind it once you've kind of posted it and it's all happening. Um, there's def- definitely an option too. Um, and you could just put a couple of hundred dollars behind it and see what sort of happens. I've actually experienced giveaways. Um, you know, we ran one in, oh, it would have been maybe last October, November, and we got 30,000 comments on the giveaway. And I actually put a $500, um, promoted it with $500, but I only spent like $120 of it. So the actual um you know the actual prize and stuff drew people in enough so that it sort of just took care of itself but you always have that as a backup if it's not going as well as you planned
0: yeah it's uh it's amazing i thanks so. i think it's uh, it's uh it's great advice and uh you know we we've talked about um all this and there's one last thing i wanted to talk to you about which is uh, which are hashtags uh, and i don't know if it's still a topic i don't know if it's still something people should care about i don't know if how they should uh, handle this uh, this hashtag strategy do you have any recommendation for hashtags
1: yeah sure yeah hashtags have changed a lot over the years um i think if you think about just three things if you're thinking about how to use hashtags you want to use um number one use some hashtags that people might be searching for to find your product or service so you know if i live in a small town in new zealand people still might you know and i do um i don't know maybe i do like eyebrow waxing or something i still might use Eyebrow, hashtag eyebrow waxing, Totunga, which is the small town we're from. Um, Or, you know, so people might actually be looking at to find your product or service. Secondly, what's actually in the photo. So remembering that Instagram adopted um, Facebook's image recognition software a few years ago. So, in order to provide users with the best experience, they want people when they're searching for a lemon and hashtag lemon, they want to be shown. They want users to be shown pictures of lemons. Where it was in the past, if you were just getting heaps of engagement, you could use any hashtag you want, make the top hashtags. Um, So in order to kind of combat that, Instagram uses image recognition software to figure out what's in your pictures. So think about what's in your pictures. And then thirdly, um, think about what niche you're in. So we still want to play Instagram's game. We want to tell the algorithm, you know, what what field we want to play on. Um, And if you are selling, um, I'm looking around my desk, if you're selling like electronics or uh, maybe you're selling little gift cards or stationery or something, use hashtags that are relevant to that niche. And it's what I used to say was go onto say hashtag, um, you know, sunglasses and along the top you would see like all the related tags. And that was literally Instagram telling you what, you know, considered to be in the same niche as hashtag sunglasses. Now I find um, then there's not always a list of related tags. So you might just have to like search around a little bit. But if you just think about those three things, what people might be actually searching for, what's actually in the photo, and then thirdly, um, what is relevant to your niche, that's a really awesome place to start. And remembering you can use all 30 per photo.
0: That's, uh, that's great. Uh, thank you, Viv. Uh, is there anything we haven't mentioned, like anything you're, you feel like is important that people know and Marketing Direct start doing uh, with Instagram that we haven't talked about already?
1: Oh, I think, you know, I mean, I can give out heaps of advice, right? But at the end of the day, you just need to take action on it because that are not seeing your product or service. So make sure that, you know, with anything, even if you just take one thing away from this podcast, just start and see what happens. And if it works, do more of it. If it doesn't, do less of it. Um, but know that with things like Instagram and Facebook, like your target audience is on there. Like they, they're spending time on there. It's just about how we're reaching them and how we're attracting them. And we need their, you know, before we get their eye, on our content. So hopefully that's enough um, tips and tricks for everyone to kind of walk away with.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, this is really great. And uh, one last piece of advice from, from me is that uh, you shouldn't get your, uh, get your account banned from the, the ads platform, which is what's happening to us right now with Lucy. Uh, we don't know why, but it's like crazy how it's been a month that we're, we're, we, we've seen this problem uh we started like investigating why and we thought maybe like we had um, uh, a facebook uh, class we were giving like uh you know a few months ago and so uh, we thought maybe it's because of that then we thought maybe it's because lucy has two facebook accounts uh but anyways like uh it once it's banned from <laughs> from the ads platform it's really hard to get back and there's like so uh i don't know like they really ignore you like they, they they there's no support there is no like so it's really a mess but anyways that would be my last uh two cents yeah. on. <laughs>
1: i will say that we've been spending a lot of time lately with facebook support and honestly it's driving um the team up the walls but what i will say is out some of our ad accounts as well were just being banned for no reason we had gone there the next day and it would have been disabled um and when we got in contact with them they actually said that they're doing like routine um they've been doing some like routine checks or something. And so they have just been getting banned randomly. It may not be anything to do with you. Um, So hopefully that's maybe at least a little bit helpful.
0: Yeah. it's. uh, I'm sure there's nothing like really serious happening there because uh, there's nothing to, you know, be we've done nothing to be banned for, Uh, but still it sucks. So yeah, that's (laughs) Uh, anyway. So Viv, thank you so much. Uh, Before, you know, we, uh, we end the podcast. Uh, could you tell us maybe where uh, we could connect with you online, uh, things you've produced, how people can follow you? Uh, you know, Tell us where we can find you. Yeah,
1: of course. Um, my Instagram username is vivconway_. underscore. Um, you can find me talking about Instagram at the Ace the Gram podcast. And I suppose I'm on LinkedIn, um, aceofthegram.com, wherever you can find me and connect. That would be awesome. I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, and if you've got any questions, just get in touch with me at any of the, uh, you know, as mentioned platforms.
0: Awesome, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to speak with me today.
1: Thanks.